Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome back to another episode of Kindled Podcast, a show about work, motherhood, and the grace we need for both. I'm your host, Haley Williams. Join me as I talk with women just like you. They are entrepreneurs, corporate employees, stay-at-home moms, and everything in between. We chat about work, mom life, and how God's grace is transforming us through our unique and beautiful stories. Love for God and perseverance for our assignments is kindled in our hearts as we look to Him and preach the gospel to ourselves and each other. We are making and being made. Come join us. Welcome back to another episode of Kindled. You guys, this is our anniversary episode. This episode marks one year of this podcast. I am your host, Haley Williams, and I am blown away by what God has done in my life and heart and in the lives and hearts of His people. So we made it a year. You guys, thank you for being here, for being a listener. Whether you have been here the whole time or are just now joining us, I'm so happy to have you. When I think about this year, I think of so many things that changed my life, changed my heart, that transformed the person that I am today. But my overall feeling is just gratitude. You know, I'm so thankful to God. I'm so thankful to the listeners of this show, the people that have supported and encouraged and spoken life into me um, through the the uh, community on Instagram, the people who have emailed me, the people who have shared this podcast with their friends and um, and helped the message of hope and grace spread to more moms. You know, I don't think that we have to know the ending or in order to begin. In fact, often God asks us to start without any indication of where He's taking us, but He does equip those that He calls. One way that he's done that in my life through this show in, is in my own personal growth, literally being mentored by the guests of this show week in and week out, being strengthened and empowered by the Holy Spirit, being given wisdom and words to say, and the the message and the truth that I needed at the exact moment I needed it. You may have heard this analogy of a divine tapestry that God is at work creating, The idea is that he is weaving together using these cords of suffering and grief and pain, joy, blessing, perseverance, and hope in our lives to create um, a tapestry that is eternal, that is uh, his divine purposes, you know, this beautiful piece of work and art that only he can see the front of. But sometimes I do feel like he gets he he pulls back a corner and lets us just peek at what is being created, at what he is crafting, and at his handiwork. And in those moments, we are reminded that he is good. He is the author. He is the designer. He is the artist. And we don't have to know what he's creating in order to trust his heart towards us. 
So I have, I feel like this show has been honestly one of those times for me that I have seen the corner pulled back and been just so encouraged by what I see. And he doesn't have to do that. He doesn't have to give us glimpses. He doesn't owe it to us, but he delights to bring us into the work and to give us a taste of what he is doing and just how amazing everything that he is at work in the world and in our lives doing truly is. Now, you may have noticed some fun, spunky new intro music at the beginning, and that's because I, one, am a person who really appreciates change. I am a little bit of a change addict, and you know, I just wanted, um, I wanted something like, this is the feeling that I wanted to have when I listened to the intro. I don't know if you've ever been a runner or someone that has at least gone on a run, but you know, that feeling when you start the run and you're like, I just need to be amped up. I need to feel, I need to get my emotions in on this because otherwise like, I'm just going to start walking. There's, I can't, you know, I can't muster the energy, but sometimes when you turn on that song, whatever that song for you is, it just starts to, um, get you excited, get you looking forward to what is coming that, you know, that runner's high or that feeling of like, you're on top of the world and you don't feel your muscles screaming at you and you just want to keep going and you're just kind of in the flow. That is sort of the feeling that I wanted to have, um, for the intro music. And the reason is because I think that this whole work and motherhood thing is really freaking hard. And I want this show to be a place that you come for encouragement, for a renewed sense of energy and purpose, and to be somewhere that redirects your vision and your view to him. I know a lot of you listen to this show while you are folding clothes, doing laundry, cleaning up your bedroom or your kids' rooms while they're at school, while you are driving in the car to go either pick up a kid or drop a kid off. Um, and, and I just recognize that those times of transition and those um, moments of transition are times that we need to be reinvigorated. And really, you know, no music and no song can ultimately do that. It has to be the Holy Spirit. But my hope is that this kind of gets you in the mindset to be renewed and to be um, just reinvigorated. So before I jump into the content for this anniversary episode, I want to give you a little more insight into how I put this together. So if you're just tuning in, then what I did for this episode is I asked listeners to share their stories. I asked you guys to share something that God is teaching you in your work or your motherhood. And so people called in, people emailed me stories. Um, the ones that are calls, you'll obviously get to hear directly from the uh, woman herself. And then the ones that are emailed in, I'm going to read for you. So hopefully I can keep my voice interesting enough that this doesn't get boring. But uh, what I did after I received all the stories was I looked at them, I prayed over them, and I looked for themes and threads that I saw kind of throughout all of the all of the different stories. And they're all very unique and different, but at the same time, there's common common threads and things like uh, suffering or pain or loss, grief, um, God showing up, God being our strength, and also there's a definite. Um, a definite uh, thread of eternity and the fact that this world is not our home and that um, God's purposes are divinely intermixed with this 
physical world here, but there's this very real spiritual world that is always a part of our a part of our physical world. Um, if you're a Christian, then you believe that and you know what I'm talking about. Um, and if you're not someone that is a Christian, then um, you will just kind of have to uh, listen to these stories with the understanding that there is always more than one storyline going on. There's the the one that appears, you know, clearly before our eyes to be happening, but then there's this other one that is beneath the surface or kind of behind a veil that we sometimes get glimpses of, but then other times feel like we really can't see what is going on and what is happening in our lives or the lives of people we love. So um, I just wanted to give you that note as you start to listen. And uh, at the end of the show, I'm going to share somewhat of a benediction or just kind of um, a vision casting for the coming year on this show. And um what I feel that God is um, is doing in our midst on Kindled. So stay tuned uh, near the end for that. Since some of the stories will be um, recorded phone calls and some will be read by me, I'm going to play this noise at the end of the story so that it signals to you that that story is over and I'll offer a couple thoughts and then move on to the next one. Okay, and wow, you guys have put up with a lot of talking. Here are the stories from um, the Kindled listeners answering the question, what is God teaching you in your work and your motherhood? Hi, this is Patricia from upstate New York. I just wanted to share a little bit of my story. I'm still in the middle of this chapter, so it's not totally complete, but I think that this may encourage someone. Um, I initially returned to work when my oldest son was um, 13 weeks old. Um, it was in January 2015, and at the time that I returned to work, I was very conflicted about that decision. Um, I was dealing with major um, issues with um, like my work environment, our work processes. Um, it was very chaotic. I felt very guilty about having my son in childcare, and I was very confused about what to do. Um, so for the next three years, I struggled with these decisions. Um, I kept turning it over and over, trying to decide if I should get a different job, become a stay-at-home mom, start a business. I really was not able to get clarity on that. And during that time, I did become um, much more connected um, in my faith. And I think that really was one of the things that helped me sort of keep pressing through. Um, in my daily quiet time, I frequently found that I was coming across verses that referenced waiting. Um, and I really got so much out of the story of Abraham and Sarah from the book of Genesis and how they had periods of waiting in their life and what happened when they decided to take control rather than trusting God for what was next. Um, I spent a lot of time in that book last January um, and when in, during a very difficult season of waiting. And um, Last year, in April of 2018, when I was 36 weeks pregnant with my second son, uh, I found out that uh, as part of a reorganization, um, myself, along with many other people in my department, were going to have our jobs eliminated in June. 
And the interesting thing about how this all worked out is that my second son was delivered in May, and I was already out on maternity leave um, on our termination date. And the company allowed me to finish my complete maternity leave, which was four months, and then process my termination. I also qualified for six months of severance payments, which are still ongoing, um, even almost a year later. And what's truly a blessing and a miraculous, you know, outcome of all of this confusion and frustration, if I had left my position and taking matters into my own hands and, you know, trusted myself rather than trusting God, I would have missed out on all of these um, benefits. So all of that to say, if you find yourself in a similar position, um, don't make a move until you're absolutely sure you know what you need to do. If you still feel confused and frustrated and conflicted, then you know you're not going in the right direction. Um, I would encourage you to spend time reading the story of Abraham and Sarah. Study that for yourself. See what you can learn from that. See what the Lord says to you as you read that. Um, and remember that we should be trusting in Him and not controlling our own circumstances. Thanks, everyone. Thank you so much, Patricia, for sharing that story. Patricia is a listener that I had the joy of getting to know uh, better as she actually enrolled in my course this last June, uh, Launch What You Love. Apparently, uh, based on some words that Patricia had sent in to me a while ago, she said when she was 36 weeks pregnant, she found out that her whole department was going to be eliminated in June. And she signed up for the course that day, and she had found the course through the podcast only a few days before when it had popped up as a recommended podcast in her iTunes feed. Side note, for those of you who don't know how iTunes chooses those recommended podcasts, it is largely to do with reviews and ratings. So don't forget, rate and review the show. I think what Patricia said about getting our heart right before God is um, is really key Proverbs 16.9 says, A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Speaking of directing our steps, the next story that I'm going to share is one that was emailed in by Cassandra from Oklahoma. This is what Cassandra says. God is teaching me that even when life doesn't look good or feel good, God is infinitely good. Our family has been through so many trials, triumphs, and transitions this year. It's been a year of radical obedience. My husband and I felt called to move our lives from Texas to Oklahoma. We didn't fully understand, but we obeyed. I delivered our son eight weeks premature, and he spent 45 days in the NICU. My husband relocated to his new career five hours away from us during the most chaotic months of our lives. We sold a home in Texas, and we purchased our home in Oklahoma City. We've planted roots here in Oklahoma, and our family is flourishing. Hallelujah. Our faith was tested, but through it all, one thing remained constant, God. He remained faithful even when I wavered. I didn't learn that I can do hard things. No, no. Friend, I learned that God works within the hard things. I learned that there is beauty in uncertainty because when I'm faced with the unknown, I'm reminded who is truly in control. I learned there is freedom in forfeit. This year, I've learned obedience does not require understanding. Sometimes all you have is faith, and that's enough. God is teaching me that just because you're qualified doesn't mean you're called. 
I put down my shears and picked up a pen despite the fact that I've been doing hair and makeup for over a decade. I can't lie, I was afraid. I didn't want to tell my testimony and share my story. You see, until recently, I wasn't willing to be open and vulnerable. Not in the surface way, but in the bear-it-all-for-his-glory kind of way. I'm not a trained writer or a public speaker. I actually have terrible stage fright, but by his grace, I'm doing it. Walking away from what I knew was terrifying, but every step I take out of my comfort level brings me closer to him. Cassandra, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. You guys, I have to tell you, Cassandra is a light in this community on Kindled. She is very active on our posts on Instagram and will send me DMs when she enjoys and loves an episode. And it's just like really so super encouraging to me. Um, she's one of those people that I am just so grateful that God has given her a voice and is um, enabling and empowering her to use that voice. And while she may feel like those things uh, go unnoticed or that um, maybe those messages or times that she reshares, you know, a clip from an episode to her audience or her friends and says, oh my gosh, you have to go listen to this podcast. It's amazing. She may feel like that doesn't matter. It really does. It does. uh, God uses those things in the heart of a burned out or tired content creator very strategically. So I'm, I'm grateful for her activity and being active in the community and being vocal and having a voice and stepping out and doing something new where she's actually going to be blogging and contributing to several different media outlets. So highly um, encourage you to hop on to Kindled's Instagram, which is hayleywilliams.kindled. Look at some of the recent posts and you will likely find Cassandra commenting and building up uh, myself and this community. So thank you, Cassandra, for sharing. And you guys can follow along with her writing and her new pursuits at Spear and Arrows. The next story that I'm going to share is from Kaylin from Tennessee. I did not originally respond to your question about what is God teaching you in your work in motherhood because I'm only two years into my career and am not yet a mother. However, through your podcast, through other women's stories, through the Bible and other sources, I know that God is preparing my heart for work and motherhood. He is helping me work on myself so that I am able to be successful in both categories as his time allows. I know that nothing can fully prepare you for motherhood, and there is no telling where my career will be 10 years from now. What I do know is that I can only be the best version of myself in order to succeed in both categories. I'm using the tools and resources that God has given me to do just that. Thank you for being you and spreading light to those who are still figuring it out. I just got to say, let's all give a big round of applause to Kaylin for responding, even though she felt unqualified. And second off, Kaylin, I just want to say that I think we all feel unqualified to do what God has asked us to do. And I think that's kind of part of the point. Um, I do wish that I had started as early as you are in learning and kind of preparing my heart for what was to come. Uh, That's going to serve you very well later. I think that God is going to honor your spirit of bravery and courage in even answering a question that you didn't feel qualified to participate in. Now, of course, you are qualified because you're a woman and you work, and um, we all have things that we're learning at different seasons of life, but I think it's pretty amazing that you're actually 
um, taking the time to learn and just hear from women who are maybe a few steps ahead of you in their lives and, and be mentored by their experiences. You know, I think we all should be doing that, um, in whatever ways we have available to us. So just want to pat you on the back, I guess, and say, way to go. You are, you're awesome. Next, I'd like to share a story from Anna who lives in Maryland. Anna says, it was a terrible time to add a new baby to our family. My husband's still in grad school, super tight budget, nothing at all, even remotely certain about where we would, we, where we were going to end up if, and when he did finally finish his PhD. And yet I wanted another one more than anything. Of course, I was incredibly grateful for our three beautiful children, but I just felt as though our family wasn't yet complete, as if someone was missing. It didn't help that my kids were dying for another sibling and saying prayers daily for God to put a baby in mama's tummy, but I knew it would be completely irresponsible of us to try for baby number four and didn't even have any idea of when or even if it would be the right time to grow our family. Then out of the blue, we were super duper... Then out of the blue, we super duper accidentally got pregnant. I was overjoyed. So, so happy. It felt as though God had heard my children's prayers and the desires of my heart and decided that it was the right time after all. But then just a few days after getting the positive pregnancy test, I had a miscarriage and lost that tiny little spark of life. Unless you've been through a miscarriage, it is hard to fully understand how sharp that grief is. I had lost another baby before, but that didn't make the loss of this one any easier, especially since it still seemed as though the timing couldn't possibly be right for us to try again. I had had the promise of that so, so wanted fourth baby just ever so briefly only to have it taken away, maybe forever. I went through the next weeks feeling so sad. It was as though I was a mile underwater, though, of course, still having to be a mom to my three living children homeschool, work, etc. And then finally, in desperation, feeling like I just couldn't get through one more day, I turned to God in prayer. I remember just opening my hands, telling God that I knew everyone has pain and trouble in this world, and if the loss of my baby had to be mine, then I was content to let his will be done. But I also asked if we could just try again, knowing that God is all-powerful and that if it truly wasn't his will for us to add another baby to our family— then he could stop us from getting pregnant again. But please, I prayed, can we just try? I think if I at least had the hope that it might happen to hold on to, I could make it through my days again. I immediately felt prompted to open my prayer book by my bed, and the words directly under my right thumb as it rested on the page were, you may. Amazing as that was, it's not the end of the story. I knew I had received an answer, but I also knew that it wasn't necessarily something that might ever practical, but... How will we pay for their college educations? Husband was going to be willing to take to the bank. So the next day I prayed the same prayer again. Can we try again? Again, I opened my prayer book to the very same page with my fingers on the very same line. You may. This time I told my husband that night after our other kids were in bed. His answer was somewhere along the lines of, babe, that's amazing, but no money, no degree, uncertain job prospects, on impulse, I said, try it yourself. Say some prayers, open up your prayer book and see what God has to say. Slightly skeptical, but willing, he went into the other room to pray alone. A few minutes later, he came back laughing. What? I asked. What happened? 
He read me the passage he'd opened to, one entirely about the importance of having children and raising them to know God and spread God's word to the world. I'm now just weeks away from delivery of the baby that God blessed us with that very night. The joy of this new little life doesn't take away the grief for the one we lost. Children are interchangeable or replaceable, and that isn't something that you just get over. But I'm also grateful beyond words for the pain of the miscarriage. Without it, I never would have experienced the miracle of both my husband and I so clearly hearing God's word, of knowing with absolute certainty how fully God's hand has been over this pregnancy. God has taught me that we don't get 100% perfectly happy endings. Those are for the next world, not this earthly one. But if we cling to Him tight enough through times of pain, even the darkest seasons are given to us as a chance to draw closer to Him. And there may well be a joyful blessing waiting on the other side of the pain. Wow, Anna, thank you for sharing your journey through the loss of that pregnancy. And now here you are about to deliver a a new baby. What I want to call attention to in Anna's story is not the rainbow baby at the end of the story, but the God who turned mourning into gladness. I know so many are wrestling with one or even multiple pregnancy losses, feeling that sharp pain of grief that Anna mentioned. While I don't yet know that pain myself, we know that God does. He has had his only child taken from him. He has known the absolute gut-wrenching pain of walking through loss. And my prayer for you right now, if you are in a season of life that seems like it is nothing but darkness— is that God would make the veil thin so that you could see through this story into the eternal one that is in your midst. That the veil between this life and the next would be made thin and that your feet would be made swift to run from fear, doubt, and evil and into the arms of your father who loves you. The next story is from Giselle. She's another champion of connectedness and encouragement here in the Kindled community. Here is her story. Hey, Haley, this is Giselle. From Instagram, Giselle Sig. So I'm going to go ahead and share with you my story. So I think we can all agree that, you know, being a mom is hard, but I think being a working Christian mother is even harder. You know, it gets tricky the moment we sit down to try to get work done. We feel this insurmountable guilt that we should be with our children instead. For example, right now, um, you know, this I consider to be, you know, work-related. And, you know, it's something that I feel that our Christian culture has created. We're often told that raising godly children is our most important work. You know, and at first I felt like I failed as a mom whenever I displayed any type of fulfillment outside of motherhood. You know, as a new mom, I'm already dealing with trying to figure out who I am, what my roles are on top of mom guilt you know, and trying to find my new purpose in this world. And, you know, it's kind of, it's all very deep stuff. But as a working mother, I have experienced more challenges than I've ever experienced in my life. But those very challenges are what brought me closer to Jesus. I find myself yearning and needing him even more so that I can be more loving to my family and to my baby and to my relationships and even in my business. So it has been life transforming for me because I was raised in a Christian home. I went to church. I went to Sunday school, but I never actually allocated a separate time alone with Jesus. I now make this time very intentional because without Jesus, my cup is empty and I can't pour from an empty cup. So essentially, 
work and motherhood led me closer to him. And through that, I discovered a sense of purpose in leading and inspiring other mothers to jumpstart their own business, work towards their health and fitness, and just helping them feel more confident that that they too can balance work and being a mom without feeling guilty and ultimately finding fulfillment and purpose outside of motherhood. And that is okay. So I think I'm having one of those days where I'm definitely needing more Jesus and less coffee (laughs) because definitely Jesus is the answer to to all of our challenges, really. And, And I've definitely leaned on him more so now than ever when it came to to juggling, you know, as a mom and as a working mother. Yes, girl, more Jesus, less coffee, but also still some coffee. Can we can we keep the coffee? That uh, reminds me that in college I had a roommate that said coffee helped her glorify God, and I have never forgotten that. And I have to say, I think she was right. Coffee helps me glorify God. But that's not the point of what you said, Giselle. Uh, I really appreciate your perspective here. And I see you doing your workouts and working out with that baby and no excuses. And it inspires me and also reminds me that I am not as hardcore every single time I see it. So thank you. And yeah, thank you for sharing your um, what you're learning and what God is showing you. And um yeah, I believe that he is growing you and blessing you because of that time that you're spending in the word with him every day. And like you said, it doesn't mean that everything becomes easier, but it means that you have him with you as you go through it. So thank you so much for that story. The next story I'm going to share is from my friend, Kristen. She lives in Kansas and actually lives in the neighborhood next to mine. Kristen says, I have run a successful wedding and portrait photography business for seven years now. It was always growing, and in 2014, I had my son. I put my whole heart and soul into that business, and it was my first baby. In 2016, my daughter was born, and in 2018, we found out baby number three is coming in early 2019. Through all of this navigation of being a new mom, owning a business, and trying to figure out what my purpose is, it has all brought me closer to him. Through scripture, turning to the word more, small group, and prayer, I kept feeling like maybe I need to give up the business and just be a mom, but I loved the business and I loved working. Then I thought maybe they just need to be in childcare more so I can work more. For about two years, I just kept plugging along, not really knowing what he wanted me to do. He is showing me more and more that everything I am doing is enough, and it just may look different in this season, and that is okay. It's okay to be small. It's okay to be ordinary, and I'm learning that he is using this time to only bring me closer to him. My quote for 2019 is, Learning to live well in ordinary time isn't a call to elevate moments. It's a call to draw closer to Christ. My big break may not be the next big thing. My big break may be a break, and me becoming more acquainted with the suffering and brokenness of Jesus. As I begin to grow, I see smallness is not a punishment, but a gift. We are made for seasons, and where I am right now is preparing me for what is next, and right now, I'm okay with that. Kristen, I am so thankful for unexpected blessings that we didn't know we needed. God knew, and He provided you with another little one to enlarge your heart and give you more reason to need Him. It's a gift. It's all a gift. He knows infinitely more what we need, and He gives it to us. 
I believe anyone who knows you would say that they've seen growth in your heart and your perspective through this time. And I'm just grateful that I've been able to witness Jesus's pursuit of your heart. The next story I'm going to share is from Jamie from Kansas. Jamie is another friend who sent this story in. When we felt God leading us to put our kids in the public elementary school by our house, it scared me to death. Josh and I both had not experienced public school for ourselves, with him being homeschooled and me being homeschooled and attending Christian school. But God gave me such a peace on the first day of school and just really confirmed in my heart that he had a purpose in it. He basically opened my eyes to see my mission field. And just like a foreign mission field, it's a long, hard process to build relationships and get to a place where you can share the gospel from a place of love and service. We've been at our school now for over six years. I still feel called to immerse myself with the people in our school and community, to love them and serve them with the hopes of weaving gospel threads into our conversation and pointing them to Christ. It's taken years with some to even have spiritual conversations, but God is gracious. He has recently given some progress and direction with one friend in particular. I'm learning how to wait. I'm learning that no matter how much I want to save someone, it is God who does the saving. So what does this have to do with motherhood? Well, I'm a mom. I can sometimes be so focused on trying to connect with the lost at our school that I forget to see the lost little ones in my own home. But again, God is gracious. He reminds me that they are my mission field little lost souls that he has given Josh and I to shepherd and to teach about him. It's about balance for me, living on mission in our home and on mission at our school. I love this story, Jamie. God is using you guys in your community, your neighborhood, and your school. How much do we each need to be reminded of these truths? We may not be comfortable with the call, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't go. I love the model of you and your husband trusting God with the outcome and being faithful in small things in building relationships with friends, and in shepherding your children and leading them to the only one who can save them. The next story is from Megan. Megan writes, I can't believe I am actually doing this. I never feel like what I have to say is important enough that others would want to hear, but I kept feeling like I needed to start somewhere. So here goes. What is God teaching me this year? I feel strongly that God has given me the word chosen for this year. I'm working on believing that and fully living it out. Chosen by definition means having been selected as the best or most appropriate. Wow, that's me. God chose me. Me to be a wife to my husband. Me to be a mom to my five boys. Me to be the friend, the entrepreneur, the sister, the daughter, etc. For those that know about the Enneagram, I am a nine, the peacemaker. It is very hard for me to feel like I have a voice, that it matters, and that I should put myself above others. I truly believe God will continue to teach me how to still be a peacemaker, but have the voice that he gave me and wants me to use. He knows I love a challenge, but I also have a tendency to not follow through. I'm not letting this one go. I'm excited and a little scared to see what he brings me through and where he takes me in this journey of being chosen. Megan, thank you for those words and thank you for sharing and stepping out and believing that your voice does matter. Um, It absolutely does because God gave it to you and none of our stories are ever wasted, but um, we we can dilute the impact that they have if we refuse to step out in faith and speak when we are given the chance. So I appreciate you doing that. 
your story reminded me of the verse, First uh, Peter 2, 9, which says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. The next story is from Ashley in Florida. Hi, listeners. My name is Ashley, and I am a 25-year-old new stay-at-home mom in Central Florida, figuring out the whole motherhood thing. I'm married to my husband, Ricky, and together we have a six-month-old son named Liam, along with many furry family members. I'm a lifestyle photographer, blogger, and run an Etsy shop for my embroidered creation. Three years ago, I experienced a tragedy so big that it changed the outlook of my life forever. Luckily, our God was bigger. Here I've written down a short version of my story that I would like to share with you. If you've ever felt lost, hopeless, or abandoned by God, this short story is for you. I'm the oldest of three to my brother William and my sister Emily. We grew up playing on a large piece of land that my parents had built their house on. Our childhood was one full of tree climbing, four-wheeler riding, horses, and swimming. We were best friends and did everything together. My parents even called me the little mommy. January 5th of 2016, William unexpectedly, instantaneously took his own life in the early morning hours. I was 21 and a few months away from marrying the man that held my heart. Grief can be powerful. Losing my brother ultimately taught me forgiveness, love, patience, understanding, selflessness, and so much more. These things did not come instantly or by my own effort. God had his hand in it from the very beginning. I went through many stages of denial, anger, confusion, and even walked away from God, something I'd never dreamed of doing. Raised a Christian, my first tattoo at 18 was a cross on my wrist. My faith was something I'd never questioned until losing William. Mine and Ricky's wedding was set for April 2016, four months after Will. It was after that that I fell into a deep hole of denial, anger, depression, hopelessness, and turned to all the wrong things for remedy, including marijuana and alcohol. If you knew me at all, this was completely out of character for me. The girl that graduated top of her class in high school, dual enrolled, all honor classes, never went to a party, never drank a sip of alcohol until I was 18. I was frequently called a goody-goody, and I was proud of it. Grief is powerful. I truly believe that without the grace, forgiveness, and love that God showed to me through my husband, a brand new believer in the Lord himself, who did not grow up with Jesus like I did, I would not have survived that that year. The song Oceans by Hillsong United was one I listened to frequently, and every time it came on the radio, tears would flow. I ended up getting the verse from a song tattooed on the other, on my other wrist next to William's initials. This verse is one I read over and over when I was feeling weak. Isaiah 43:2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. We live in a fallen world where sin and the enemy are real. Bad things happen that are out of our control. My brother had dealt with depression for many years but kept his struggle hidden well. God has worked something good out of the evil that took my brother away from us. I am now a mother myself with a brand new set of eyes. Because of the grief that I've overcome through Jesus, I now have a greater understanding of what it means to love one another like Jesus, appreciate life, forgive, and more importantly, the power of his word over our lives. Ephesians 5, 8-9 says, For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. My change has not been an instant one, and I'm still learning. It took discipline, getting up and reading my devotional and Bible every single morning. Not just when I felt like it, I just did it, no matter what. 
Jeremiah 29:13 says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Spending time with him is the only way that we can become familiar with him. He's not going to randomly appear to you and give you the answers. God is waiting for us. We have to seek him diligently. Faith in the unseen is not an an easy thing to grasp. Being a Christian is not easy by any means. There have been struggles and security and doubt, but every time I fail, I get back up and God shows up. He shows up when we do. This is another topic that I hope to be talking about soon on my blog. You've heard the saying, time heals. Time itself cannot heal us. We can suffer for years, our entire lives even, miserable, sad, bitter, angry over an experience that left us broken. Jesus is the one who heals us. He can take our broken hearts and mend them into something beautiful to be used for his glory. His word is the only one that can give us the peace and reconciliation we so desperately crave, especially when going through a struggle of some sort. While we may never comprehend the bad things that we've seen or experienced, We will also never truly comprehend God's never-ending grace and mercy. There is hope and healing in him. My story is not over. It's really just beginning. There's so much more that I would like to say, and I will one day. God did not give me this story for me not to share it. I'm determined to let my brother's life be used as a testimony for God's goodness. His death will make a difference one day. It has for me. Our Lord is the one who heals, forgives, loves, and he's the one that holds my brother in his arms until we meet again one day. And that visual, to me, is the most wonderful thought. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you. Ashley, thank you for sharing your story. While it is nearly impossible to imagine the grief and pain that your family has walked through as a result of this loss, it is evident in your voice that you have pursued the face of God. I am extremely encouraged and uplifted by your perseverance in even getting out of bed and living so many days that likely would have been easier not to face. By the grace of God, He is empowering you to press on heavenward for that which you were called in Christ Jesus. Your courage in sharing your story, your heart, and what God is doing through you is a testimony to His power and to his purposes, even to triumph over evil, like you said, the evil that took your brother and the evil that ultimately wants to destroy everybody on this earth. God is bigger and we know his victory is ultimate and final and complete, but there's this already and not yet that we live in. He already defeated death, but we still live amidst pain and suffering, and we still live with death as a reality that we face. This story honestly makes me long for Christ's return and his coming when he finally puts death to death and it is no more. The next story is from Jennifer in Georgia. Jennifer says, what is God teaching me in my work and motherhood? Patience, all the patience. Currently, my husband works out of town each week and comes back on the weekends. We have been a traveling military family for 13 years, so I thought I would be used to the constant away. But this season has been hard, hard doing it alone, hard trying to crush my goals and dreams, all the while fitting in all my mom duties. I so, so feel God is telling me to just rest, rest in his timing and have patience, not only with myself, but my kids. Some days can be so tough. I can yell and take out my frustration on them, then feel like crap once I put them to bed. I'm learning to give myself grace in work, in motherhood, in friendships, in marriage, in life. As tired as I can get, I know my rest is in him. 
I love your podcast. You not only showcase real life motherhood, you are so uplifting. You remind me time and time again, I am enough. There is more than enough grace and patience and love from the father to fill this always seemingly empty cup. Jennifer, I just want to tell you, you are doing a good job. You, God sees your service to your family and your children, and he is pleased. I know that it is so hard to feel like you're making any progress towards those big dreams and goals that you may have, even as you are trying to figure out what they actually are. But I'm sure you've heard the phrase that even though it feels like you're being buried, you're actually being planted. Maybe that's what this season is for you. Maybe it's a time to settle in and recognize that you are loved fully and completely, even without hustling and without crushing goals and without being all of the things that you know you can be and may may someday still be and do. James 5, 7 says, be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. I know we talk about the word seasons a lot in kind of popular Christian culture and what's your season and what season are you in? And even just the last episode was all about receiving your season. Um, but I, I think it's worth noting that God created seasons for a reason, even in the weather, not just in the proverbial sense of like your life, but literal seasons in the weather, because we need times to help us differentiate all of time. We need a, a separation. We need a line. We need some way to kind of notice what is happening around us and then what is yet to come. And, um, some of the other cross references from that verse in uh, James five seven are Deuteronomy eleven fourteen. Then I will provide rain for your land in season, the autumn and spring rains, that you may gather your grain, new wine and oil. Jeremiah five twenty four. They have not said in their hearts, Let us fear the Lord our God, who gives the rains, both autumn and spring, in season, who keeps for us the appointed weeks of harvest. I love that phrase, just what it brings to mind, the appointed weeks of harvest, the fact that harvest doesn't happen all year round. And if you're someone that is feeling like you're not in the season that you want to be in, or your heart is in one season, but your your body and your life is in another, then I definitely recommend you going back and listening to the episode right before this one with Sarah Hagerty on receiving your season. The next story is from Katie. What is God teaching me? humility, because things never go as planned, empathy, forgiveness, because I screw up so much, self-awareness, because these little people we created do the same dumb and nasty things that me and my hubby do. And when you see someone who looks like you act like you, it can be scary, but also a teachable moment for me and the kiddo. Humility entered the second I became a mother. I became pregnant as a result of a one-night stand. And as a girl growing up in the church, the masks of perfection had to come down. Humility and vulnerability go hand in hand. Katie, I think we all probably need another gigantic dose of humility. And I know of no better way to work on that than to have a child. C.S. Lewis said, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. And children certainly help with that. The last story that I'm going to share is from Alana. I received this email on Friday night, so yes, it was a day past the deadline, but that doesn't matter. I had to include it because uh, you'll see why when I read it to you. 
I know, I know, I'm super late submitting this, but I kept feeling for weeks now the Lord whispering in my ear to give you feedback for your one-year anniversary. I'm a late bloomer to Kindled, meaning I did not hear about your podcast until this past September. I'll try to not make this too long, so even if you don't use this for anything, I want you to know the effect you have had in my life and continue to have in it. For almost a year, I was able to stay at home with my daughter. It was definitely a struggle financially, but the Lord knew what he was doing. Skip to this past September when my daughter was just over a year old. I got this random call from a principal of a school that was about 35 minutes away. I went to college for teaching high school English. Loved it, still love it, and I love my student loans. Nope. Now, I wasn't planning on going back to teaching full-time. I just had this strong desire to be with baby. I know this is boring, but I'm getting to where you fit into all of this. I took this assignment because it was only supposed to be a few weeks. I just had my last day today, so to say the least, it was a lot longer than anticipated. My husband tore his ACL and was able to stay home with our daughter, which was a huge blessing. So here is where you come in. I literally found your podcast the weekend before I went in to start my new job. I remember after the first episode thinking, I can do the dream I always dreamed of. It was so motivational, and what made it even better was your connection to Christ. My husband and I bought a log cabin with 20 acres four years ago and felt as if the Lord told us that we need to use this home for Him. We have juggled different ideas on how we could make our land and barns a business along with using it as a ministry. I can't even tell you the crazy ideas we've come up with until we were really focused on using our barn for all of it. It's impossible financially and seems impossible on where to even begin with the business aspect, but Haley, your podcast has helped this deep yearning for this dream to come alive. On my 35-minute drive to my new job, I listened to you in your interviews. I would get so motivated that I would come home and tell my husband everything and say, we need to do this now. With all the women who were interviewed, I kept getting different ideas and thinking that maybe I'm supposed to write a book or do something online, but I finally had this loud voice say, Alana, I have already told you what I want from you. On most days when it was a struggle to leave my baby, your words would just reassure me that this is temporary and the Lord has something in store. I struggle with the fact that I owe student loans for a job that I don't even want to do full-time again or maybe even ever. How could I major in something and not go into that work field? It boggles my mind. I now feel equipped to try and see where this new venture may lead. I still get frustrated with the how, but I am relying on the Lord and your podcast to help me. I really only mean the Lord, and I'm half kidding about your podcast. In all seriousness, though, listening to you each day in the interviews have really helped me get through this difficult time with my husband not working. It softened my heart and allowed me to listen to God's voice instead of me putting words in my head that I want to be from the Lord. Keep doing what you are doing. You are blessing more people than you know, even if you don't hear from them, and you have encouraged me to take a leap of faith, even if it seems impossible. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Before I share my words on that last and final story, I want to ask you if this podcast has had an impact on you in 2018, if it has been meaningful to hear the stories of women just like you and how they are allowing their work to be used for the kingdom and how they're allowing their hearts to be transformed in the process of submitting to God and putting their plans before Him. I want to ask you to partner with me in making the show happen by becoming a Patreon supporter. You can do that for as little as $5 a month, and every single month you'll get Patreon-only content, trainings, tutorials, how-tos on all things work and motherhood. 
just for our Patreon community. And I would love for you to partner with us. You can learn more at patreon.com slash kindled podcast, or if you'd like to make a one-time gift at kindledpodcast.com slash give. Wow, that message. First off, it made my Friday night. And second of all, my main reason for sharing this is not to show off how amazing of an impact Kindled is having. While I am so grateful that God did use it, even in this situation and circumstance that I never saw. I want, most importantly, though, to draw a parallel here. Most of the work that I do on this podcast goes unseen. Most of the people who listen to it, I never hear from. Emails like this do not come every day, and there are many times that I think it would just be easier not to do it. Think of all the time I'd get back, the hundreds of dollars a month I'd save and could spend on whatever I want, house projects, vacations. In my moments of weakness, this is where my mind wanders. But at the moment that I think those things, the Holy Spirit brings back to mind the reason that He gave me this work. Not for myself or for my satisfaction or sense of purpose, but because He is at work. He is always, always, always at work. He asks us to do work because it's what He does. It's one way that we image Him. We often just get confused about what is supposed to come of our work and think that if we don't see the good results or get why He asked us to it, it must not be working and maybe we should just give up. But do you see that in this one small example of how God was at work, even in my lack of knowledge about any of this situation, how my work was impacting this one person? How many times it would have been so easy for Alana to cry hot tears of anger or frustration or confusion on her drive to work and how God used this show, these stories, and ultimately His Spirit to gird her spirit with strength and her mind with truth. It blows me away, but it shouldn't really surprise us. After all, God is in the business of multiplication. He does divine math with the work that we bring him, and he multiplies our efforts. He, Just like he multiplied the loaves of bread and the fish in the Bible, he multiplies the work that you bring to him, however broken, however tired, and however hopeless you may feel that it is having any impact anywhere on anyone and that anyone sees you or that anyone cares, and he multiplies it. Even if you don't see the outcome that you expect or you hope for, even if if you don't get that word of praise or affirmation or encouragement from your boss or from your clients or from your husband or your children, God sees, and we have to serve and have to work as unto Him in whatever we do. We can't look to the world for help. We can't look to culture for hope that our work is meaningful or having an impact. We can only look to God and only in seeing Him as the author and perfecter of our faith do we understand understand he is using all of it. He's using all of it. The good, the bad, the ugly. He doesn't waste a thing. I share this story because I want you to see I am just like you and we are just like each other. We are all showing up daily to our various assignments, be it your kitchen to make breakfast, the conference room table to lead a meeting, or your inbox to answer client emails. We are leading small groups and serving in children's ministry and putting socks and shoes on children who took them off in the five-minute car ride to Chick-fil-A. 
We are starting businesses, starting part-time jobs, launching teams and initiatives into the world. We are teaching children how to read and write their name, and we're teaching them how to forgive and say they're sorry and how to serve and how to obey and how to live in the world, and we're teaching them truth. We may not, in fact, I will go so far as to say we will rarely get to see the impact of our work far and wide. We rarely get to see all the ways that God is using us. But rest assured, it is his job and his promise that nothing is wasted in the kingdom. Our hardships, our trials, difficulties, and our victories, big and small, they're all serving this glorious end of his glory and our good. Be encouraged by this. The work is being done. He will continue to do it with or without us. But wherever he has you today, whatever assignment you find yourself in right now, Whatever we do, whether we eat or drink, may you and I do it as unto the glory of God. May we view our work as an invitation from the Spirit to partner with God in building His kingdom. As a final word of encouragement, I want to uh, just say that my prayer for year two on Kindled is that God would open all of our hearts so that our work could be as a sacrifice unto Him. Only He can empower us to serve not in a way that is self-serving or self-focused, but that is fully surrendered to Him. I pray that He gives you eyes to see what that looks like in your particular situation and with your people. Whether it is time for sowing or reaping, springtime or harvest in your life, my prayer is that the Lord is ever before us, that we would hide His Word in our hearts that He would enable a transformation within us, even when absolutely nothing in our circumstances changes. May He illuminate eyes that see eternally rather than temporally and help us see His heart for us. May we work from love and not for love. In all things, may we return to the Lord and He will return to us, as it says in Zechariah. When motherhood brings you great and immense joy and your heart feels as though it will burst at the seams, return to the Lord. When you feel emptied out and poured out for everyone's needs in your own life but your own, return to the Lord. What if the blessings you are now experiencing in your life were not intended simply as a gift to enjoy as a child might unwrap a present, but to point you to the giver and see that he loves you immensely outside of any performance, achievement, or accomplishment you could attain? What if the very hardest and darkest of places in your life are being allowed to plague you so that in those trials, you would develop a taste bud for the peace that surpasses understanding of your current circumstances so that you develop a taste bud for glory, the kind of glory that is all the more sweet because it is experienced after a hard fought battle, after a sacrifice, waiting, and then the resurrection Well, friend, I have good news, and it's that you don't have to wonder what if about those things, because Jesus told us this was true. That golden cord of God's eternal purposes does exist in your life if you are His. All things are being worked together for the glory of God and the good of His people. Romans 8.28, so we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives, for we are His lovers who have been called to fulfill His designed purpose. That's the Passion Translation, in case you were wondering. It's still the Bible. 
So this may seem like a special episode, but I honestly hope that it reads as kind of every other episode because this storyline remains the same throughout each and every story we tell on the show. That of God's eternal purposes being worked out in both the beautiful and the tragic circumstances of our lives. The point of all this, Jesus is the hero of every story. And it actually takes practice to see that. It takes practice to see him in each story and situation and to see that the gospel is the plot of every narrative. But when we do, it's a game changer. So look for the hero. Look for Jesus. Look for the gospel in every scene and every story of your life. Look for his victory. And when you can't see it, ask for patience to trust his timing. Ask for eternal eyes. And thank our God that Jesus, our hero, is seated on the throne so that we can boldly approach him with confidence now and forever after, for all eternity. Amen. Amen.